Hi, I'm John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy with another Global Real Estate School podcast. Welcome to the podcast. My name is John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy, and this is episode 221. Hey, we're looking at the PSI Candidate Handbook, the national content, and you need to know this if you're on a Pearson View exam or PSI, because normally the material we're covering here will also be on your national portion of the exam. So today we're looking at, um, we're, we've actually looked through, prop, we're on property ownership, section one. We've looked at A, real versus personal property. We've looked at section B, subsection B, I should say land characteristics and legal descriptions. We finished that up. And today we're looking at encumbrances and effects on property ownership. And the first subsection is what we call liens. So we are going to take a quick look at liens. This is chapter eight in my textbook for my course. The first part that I'd like to remind everyone is that all liens are encumbrances but not all encumbrances are liens. Okay, so what's that mean? Well, first of all, an encumbrance is anything that affects the title to the real estate. Now, that could be an easement. I, should, I guess I should say that could be good or bad. You know, if it's anything that affects the title to the real estate, so liens can be classified into two categories. You have voluntary liens. They're taken out voluntarily by the person. Uh, for example, a home loan. You voluntarily go to the bank and you get a home loan on your property. That's a voluntary lien. Liens can also be involuntary. In other words, you did something that created the lien. You didn't pay your tax bill, so you have an involuntary lien, a statutory lien, or perhaps you have what is called an equitable involuntary lien when the court assesses a penalty against you. If you drive your car recklessly or you do something else that causes harm or damage or damages to someone or something, that company or those people could go to court, sue you, and if the court determines that you were guilty, you were reckless, and you created this problem, they could put a judgment against you. That is an example of an involuntary, equitable lien. So think about this again. You have liens that can be voluntary. You go out and take the lien out on your own. You want to take the lien against your property. I mean, you want to put your property, your real estate up as collateral for a loan in exchange for a loan. That's a voluntary lien, but liens can also be created involuntarily. When you do something wrong, you don't pay your mortgage payment or you don't pay your taxes or you fail to pay your mortgage payments and they foreclose and then the bank cannot resell the property for enough money to pay off what you owed them, they could go to court and have the court determine an equitable lien against you, which would be a judgment. And that's an example of an involuntary lien. 
Now, when we talk about judgments, because you very well could see a question on the exam about a judgment, a judgment attaches to real and personal property, okay? It attaches to all of the debtor's property. IRS taxes, judgments, uh, inheritance and estate taxes, corporate franchise taxes, the debts of a dead person. These are all examples of a judgment. And again, that's a general lien. And when we use the word general lien, it can attach to both real and personal property, all of your property. Specific liens, on the other hand, those are just a specific item that the individual might have. Your mortgage loan. In other words, if you don't pay your mortgage payment, they can only come back and take your house from you, right? Now, it can get more complicated than that. If, you, uh, if the bank cannot sell your property for enough money, they could come back and get a judgment against you for the difference. But a specific lien is for a specific item of the individual. Mechanic liens, again, those would be specific liens. Real estate property taxes, they're just specific to the property that is being taxed, a special assessment. So those are all examples of liens that you could see on the examination. Now, a mechanic's lien, and these vary from state to state on the exact procedural requirements, but here's what I want you to know for the exam. A mechanic lien can only be filed on the property where the work or service was performed. Okay? The exam writers love to give you a question and tell you all of this story about a mechanic's lien. And the seller sold the property and the person was not able to file the mechanic's lien in a timely manner on that property in a timely manner, I should say, on that property, can they go over and file the mechanic's lien on the other property the owner has? And the answer is no. Why? Because a mechanic's lien can only be filed where the work or service was completed. Now, keep in mind, with a mechanic's lien, anyone can file. The contractor, subcontractors, Anyone who provided labor or services or products to that specific property can file a mechanics lien. Normally, there's a time period that that has to be filed. In Missouri, it's 180 days from the date the work or a service was completed. But if you haven't been paid, you can file a mechanics lien. And again, it has to be on that property where the work or service was provided and anyone can file it. That's why it's so important to get lien waivers when you're building a new home or remodeling, because even if you pay the contractor and the contractor doesn't pay his or her bill to the lumber yard or to the subcontractors, those people could come back and file a mechanics lien against you. Moral of the story is this. Hire an attorney, a title company, or a bank to assist you with dispersing funds anytime you're remodeling or doing any kind of 
a building or construction, they'll make sure that they get the proper mechanic lien waivers signed for you so that you don't have any problem in the future. Well, there's three definitions that I talk about in the course and attachment. That is a legal process to retain and secure the debtor's property by the court in a lawsuit attachment. There is what is called a les pendens, and that's recording a document. That really gives the whole world notice that there's a lawsuit pending. And then we have what's called a writ of execution. It is a final order by the court to have the sheriff seize the debtor's property and sell satisfying the lien so uh, or the obligation. So there you have it. Liens can either be voluntary or involuntary. Remember, involuntary could be either statutory or equitable. A real estate tax lien is a statutory lien. An equitable lien is when the court says, this is what we feel is fair and just due to your negligence. And that could result into a judgment. And judgments, remember, cover personal and real property, all of the debtor's property. And then you have specific liens. Those are like mechanic liens, mortgage liens, tax liens. They just attach to a specific property. IRS and inheritance and corporate tax, franchise tax, those are all judgment type liens. That means they attach to everything you have. So you need to remember liens are very important, voluntary or involuntary. And do not forget, all liens are encumbrances but not all encumbrances are liens because as an encumbrance affects the title to the real estate, we will talk about that on our next podcast, episode 222. So as always, thanks for listening to the podcast. Hey, don't forget, check us out at Global Real Estate School. We've got some great tools to help you pass the examination on the very first attempt. Hey, I'm John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy. Go out and make it a great day. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Global Real Estate School. I'm John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy. Go out and make it a great day.